You're listening to Dot Mill Docs, the military health system's official podcast. Thanks for downloading the show. I'm Elizabeth McClear Kill Lockwood. It's Thursday, April 1st, 2010, and this is Dot Mill Docs, episode 105. Our guest on the program this week is Kathy Helmick, Interim Senior Executive Director for Traumatic Brain Injury and Director of the TBI Clinical Standards of Care Directorate at the Defense Centers of Excellence for Psychological Health and Traumatic Brain Injury. Helmick, welcome to Dot Mill Docs. Thank you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what the DOD and what DECO is doing to improve the diagnosis and treatment among service members with TBI? Sure. Um, one of the things we've done is we've developed uniform clinical practice guidelines and clinical support tools for providers in the military health system. We've done this in conjunction with the VA system, and this is for treatment at all levels of severity of traumatic brain injury, including mild, moderate, severe, and penetrating brain injury, as well as different environments of care, the battlefield through um, military treatment hospitals, all the way back into the community. So that is one, um, one big development that we've done to try to improve the diagnosis and treatment. Um, we've provided toolkits and pocket cards for providers that are easily accessible. Um, what we've learned from clinicians is that we do need to provide cut-to-the-chase type guidance. Um, they, they, they trust us to put together those guidelines and they just um, want the, the final product uh, in terms of helping to, um, helping to uh, assist providers in the care and early, early detection and early treatment. One of the other things that we've done is that we have changed from a, a symptom-based approach where a service member would come up and raise their hand and say, I've got headaches, can somebody come check me out, to an incident-based approach, where, whereas if you have an injury event um, that happens in, in theater that has a high likelihood of, of someone sustaining a concussion, then you will go to a mandatory medical evaluation. So we've changed from a symptom-based approach to a, an, um, an event that drives a mandatory medical evaluation. And all that is aimed at trying to have early detection and early treatment as the cornerstones um, to improve outcomes in this patient population. I imagine then that that must help um, keep service members from kind of slipping through the cracks of, of treatment. Absolutely. And we have numerous screening initiatives underway, both in theater, again in Launchstool Regional Medical Center, and then a follow-on screening measure when you come home from your deployment through the post-deployment health assessment process. And then we have partnered with the VA and the, the, uh, the Veterans Affairs um, uh, System of Care has a clinical TBI reminder that also helps to, um, to catch, if you will, those folks if they have lingering symptoms or problems associated with sustaining a concussion. Okay, so it sounds really robust. Um, and just quickly then, are there ways that if you hadn't necessarily experienced um, a traumatic event but you still thought that you might be suffering from something like TBI, would you be able to still seek care for that? Yes. If you did not have a traumatic event, absolutely, because one of the, um, the new policies that the DOD will be putting out very shortly is that it can be command-directed or um, a person can still um, bring themselves in for, for treatment okay. and care. So hopefully it's comprehensive, but what we wanted to get away from is the 100% um, uh, service member um, initiated right. and rather go, if you have a damaged vehicle, you're going to go in and get checked out because if the blast was enough to cause your vehicle to be damaged, perhaps you may have sustained a concussion as well. Sure. Okay. So um, kind of along that note, once you get home and you're going through all that treatment yourself, what is the DOD doing to support families who have also been impacted by their loved one's TBI? 
that's a great question, and we absolutely support the, the family unit, both the service member and their family. And we do that through various initiatives. One um, very exciting, soon-to-be-released product is a, is a family caregiver guide. Um, this is really aimed at the more severe traumatic brain injuries, those that really require a caregiver. But it is a curriculum slash guide that will be released uh, in hopefully in April next month um, that will outline for families, they'll help them navigate the journey post moderate, severe, or penetrating brain injury. So that's one helpful tool that we hope to uh, launch very soon. Um, and it was a congressionally mandated um, uh, guide as well um, from, from congressional language. In addition, we have, uh, we have various TBI clinics throughout the military treatment facilities. And the staff has grown in expertise clinical expertise in traumatic brain injury, as well as case managers who follow and coordinate care with service members and their families. The Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center, DVBIC, also has a system of regional care coordinators that complement and augment this effort. Local efforts include increased web-based training like Real Warriors Campaign, um, Respect.mil. These are just some sites that also offer some um, follow-on support for families. And DECO also has an outreach call center um, open 24-7, 365, that takes calls from any um, questions, concerns from family members, service members with regards to psychological health and traumatic brain injury issues. Okay, I've heard about that outreach call center before. We can get the number posted with this episode. That'd be great. It's time to take a quick break for the Dot Mill Docs Health Beat, news and information from the military health system. When we come back, we'll continue with Ms. Helmick. Dot Mill Docs Health Beat. I'm General Jack Stoltz, Chief of the Army Reserve. The Comprehensive Soldier Fitness Program gives you the skills you need to take care of yourselves, your families, and your battle buddies. Get started today. Go to army.mil forward slash CSF. If you're a service member who's received mental health treatment and you're seeking a position that requires a security clearance, you're not required to disclose your treatment on Standard Form 86, the federal questionnaire for national security positions. Remember, mental health treatment is not a reason to deny clearance. Get the help you need and don't be afraid to advance your career. The military health system reminds you that we are here on call to answer your questions about traumatic brain injury. The Defense Centers of Excellence for Psychological Health and Traumatic Brain Injury have established a 24-7 outreach center to help guide service members, families, and civilians to answers. Call the toll-free outreach center anytime at 866-966-1020. That's 866-966-1020. This has been your Dot Docs Health Beat for the Military Health System. I'm Russell Carlson. Welcome back to Dot Docs. Today, Ms. Kathy Helmick of the Defense Centers of Excellence for Psychological Health and Traumatic Brain Injury is talking with us about traumatic brain injury. Is DECO working specifically with the sports community to better understand concussion? Yes, the military has taken a great interest in sports-related head injury, especially in the football arena, and we're trying to really understand the short and long-term sequelae, as well as to investigate better uh, protective equipment, such as helmets, 
Um, we have uh, numerous collaborations in the works. Um, we are recognizing, however, the, um, the uh, potential differences in sports concussion impact-related injuries as opposed to blast-related injuries. So we're not doing a complete um, on top, uh, uh, you know, um, on, uh, parallel efforts on top of each other because we do realize that some of our battlefield injuries could be different than sports-related concussions. Um, but when we draw for, for, from the richest history of literature, it really does come from the sports concussion world. So we've partnered together looking at sideline evaluations, quick evaluations that could be done at a medic level or through uh, trainers that can help make a difference on whether somebody will report back to the game uh, or, you know, the equivalent in the military, which is report, report back um, to mission, return to duty. Right. So we're using some corollaries for sideline or, or um, battlefield uh, concussion assessments. The tool we use in the military is called the MACE, the Military Acute Concussion Evaluation. Um, okay. We're also looking at protective gear. There are some places uh, in the collegiate sports that are using um, helmet sensors to monitor the um, acceleration and the, the amount of impact on, on getting hit while playing football. And we've been able to correlate some of that and work with uh, the helmet sensors in the military environment um, related to blast explosion as well as impact injury. Hmm. So we've got a lot of uh, initiatives um, going on with collaborations. The other huge huge area that we're interested in is the long-term sequelae after repeat concussions. And there's been some recent literature count that has come out of the sports concussion world looking at a buildup of tau proteins in the brain, which can be deleterious, it can be detrimental, and therefore, um, we, we want to see um, the buildup of these proteins that can cause chronic traumatic encephalopathy, whether that's a corollary to repeat exposures to blast-related injuries in military cohorts. So on many different venues, from personal protection equipment to committee work looking at the best clinical tools to use on the sideline or on the battlefield, um, as well as the long-term effect from repeat concussions, those are three major areas in which we have um, synergy. Okay. Um, so what then is some of this news research showing us about concussion? Well, we, there's, there's lots of areas that we're, that we're invested in right now. Um, one of the areas that shows promise is we are trying to get more rapid detection tools in theater, um, devices, technology that can help us to better um, uh, diagnose concussion. Right now, the diagnosis of concussion is based on self-report, and that includes um, an injury event, and in the context of sustaining that injury event, you have some type of alteration in your mental status, from frank loss of consciousness to um, not remembering the injury and having some amnesia surrounding the injury event and aftermath, um, to being dazed and confused, seeing stars kind of manifestation. So that's a, that's a full continuum. We're looking at other tools that can help rapidly detect, and some of this can be done through serum biomarkers. We're looking um, at, at the buildup of, of certain proteins to see if we can find them in blood immediately after injury. And another exciting area is neuroimaging, getting more advanced um, scanning done on these patients. Um, many times diffuser tensor imaging, spec, fMRI, there's a litany of different neuroimaging techniques that have been um, propagated over the last year or two that are showing um, um, changes in concussion that will help delineate the area of injury as well as um, be prognostic and tell us how well somebody's going to do after the injury event. Are those kinds of imaging then done as soon as after a blast as possible? 
Um, well, it, realistically, that can't be done more. This much more of the sophisticated imaging is done stateside. Okay. So um, ideally, we'll, we'll continue. We will strive to get information as close to the injury event as possible. But obviously, in our current condition of war, that's not always feasible. Right. Okay. Um, so where can service members and their loved ones then find more information about TBI? Well, they should be able to get a lot of information locally. We've had a lot of outreach and education efforts with providers and the lay public, commanders. Um, so they can, they can start with their own, their own um, duty station and checking with commanders and case managers um, and their primary care providers. There's also a lot of web-based um, email, uh, I'm sorry, web-based addresses um, that, that can give a, 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 plural, a plethora of information related to what to expect after brain injury and some strategies on how to deal with that. And the two that I'll mention um, on this is uh, the, the DVBIC website, the Defense and Veterans Brain Injury Center, and that's www.dvbic.org, O-R-G, as well as the DECO website, which is the Defense Centers of Excellence for Psychological Health and Traumatic Brain Injury. And that website is www.deco.health.mil. Um, in addition, I can go to their Warrior Transition Brigade for information. Um, Afterdeployment.org is a new website that has some excellent information. And then finally, as a website, Brainline.org, uh, which is a partnership that DIFIC has with WETA, and it has much, uh, uh, you know, a lot of information about um, civilian traumatic brain injury and resources uh, to connect families and patients to. Great. Um, we can put those links to those websites also up on our our website for those who are listening in. Um, Ms. Helmick, I want to thank you so much for stopping by Dotmill Docs today. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to share. That's it for us this week on Dotmill Docs. The phone number for the DECO Outreach Center is 1-866-966-1020. And you can also email the Outreach Center at resources at decooutreach.org. The show will return next Thursday, and we'll talk about the in-transition program that provides support for service members who are being treated for mental health issues. Our guest will be Lieutenant Colonel Hans Richard, who is Director of DOD Psychological Health Strategic Operations for Force Health Protection and Readiness. I encourage you to visit health.mil for articles, videos, and more podcasts on the topic of brain injury. You can also get links to various brain injury resources at health.mil slash brain injury. Until then, see you on health.mil. This program is a product of the Office of the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Health Affairs, Military Health System. .mil Docs features the most relevant military health topics important to you and your family. If you have questions or topics you'd like to see on an upcoming episode, send us an email at .mildocs at tma.osd.mil. That's D-O-T-M-I-L-D-O-C-S at tma.osd.mil. Visit health.mil for more episodes. 